2: I want to say welcome back because we've done this before, but I have my friend Anne-Marie here. Hello. Hello. You might be new to her because you didn't get to hear the beautiful podcast that we recorded in November because I deleted it. Not on purpose. Okay. Okay. It was wonderful but sometimes that happens and of any human i could have done that to. i'm so happy with you because your response yes. was great what did i even say i forget said something like i feel so bad or so much shame so bad or bad something because i deleted it and you have to do it again and you said well this was perfect this is what a therapist needed to hear you said I can't tell you how to feel, but I really would wa- not want you to feel that. Yeah.
1: And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> thank you. It's because of my next life, I want to be a therapist. So okay, great.
2: That was exactly what I needed yeah. to hear. Amory is all things really all things and I met her uh, how many years ago would this be probably six five six years ago because I met you before I knew you because I would go to your class Mm so we'll talk about all of this but she was an instructor at a what would you call without saying the name of it at international boutique fitness studio yeah that I used to go to and I would only go to her class so great and then she started teaching other places and we kept in touch and all that and so she has a really beautiful story of coming into herself Her body, fitness, and what that means. And she has a lot of great things to say. And so we are going to do this again because it's worth being heard. So thanks for doing it again. Of course. And we'll probably do this 50 times because the last episode was like two hours. (laughs) So we're going to chop it up for you guys. So I thought it would be great for you just to start. Walk us through in your own way of how you even got into fitness, knowing that that started before fitness was in your life. Yeah.
1: Well, thanks for having me back. Yes, of course. And like I said, it was probably things were said before that weren't meant to be heard, so we're just doing it again. It again. Yeah. yeah. Well, fitness, you know, I grew up in the world of dance, but I also grew up in the world of casseroles and not healthy eating. That was Just the life of of being East Coast and Midwest. And I always knew to move your body, but doing this whole actual workout thing, I never saw my parents doing it. It wasn't like a part of just who i was and i went to college and i went to the gym like five times because it most. was a
2: hobby not like a, hobby. a taking care of my body not intentional right and this was mindful. like
1: this was 2002 when i went to college so this was way before social media it was back when like step aerobics were a thing and you would go on like your cotton shirts and your like little cheer mm-hmm. shorts and you would get on the sophie old- shorts yeah sophie <laughs> shorts you <laughs> can <laughs> like my friends would get on the elliptical for like 30 minutes or 45 and i'd be like i don't know what they're doing i don't understand yes
2: yeah. <laughs> that is how i started yes. working out in college i would go in a baggy t-shirt yep. big nike shorts and i would do the elliptical for 30 minutes yeah.
1: Oh yeah, at like maybe the same tempo too. Like you yes. want to even do yes. <laughs> intervals would be the same Same tempo. thing the whole time. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is just not fun. Like I didn't understand like the concept of it. I didn't understand just why. Why you Not d- because do that. I didn't like it, but because I really, I liked eating pizza and drinking beer and, and really socializing mm-hmm. with people. I'm like, that's fun for me. And I was also very focused on career. Like for me at the time, <laughs> I went to Belmont for music business. Working in the entertainment industry was the most important thing for me. That was where all my energy went. So I'm like, I don't have time for anything else. I'm going to just focus on getting the dream job. Jumped to me going to New York and LA my senior year of college and getting a job offer in New York and not finishing my senior year of college at the time because I got this job offer that everybody... Which is wild. Yeah, like you just... You do it, and you're like, okay, college. The time looking back, I would never have like changed anything about it. But I'm like, I was literally like a couple classes shy. Don't tell my parents that I like actually acknowledged <laughs> that. No. Of course, they were like, finished school, and I was like, no. No, but you don't understand. I got a job offer with MTV. I'm a hundred percent going to take it, mm-hmm. and I don't regret it at all. It was an incredible experience. So I worked for MTV. I, this is at, like, a stage in my life when you're so broke. So, like, at craft service table, there'd be the bagels. I'd be like, I'm going to take bagels home with me and then get the, like, ridiculously large iced coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. I didn't even drink coffee. but Like, you live on the East Coast. It's just what you do. You take a coffee and you just walk um, down the street. <laughs> I mean, I remember, like, going to Dunkin' Donuts. I lived in Queens. It was, like, right around the corner. You would get that. You'd get on the subway, go to work. That was the life. Mm-hmm. Well... Around this time, too, I had started to really notice, I don't think we even talked about this last time, that, like, when I started to become in tune with the fact that, like, people run outside. (laughs) So you'd see, like, people run all the time. Meanwhile, i will be walking down the street going to work with my, like, croissant and, and my coffee. And I'm like, oh, that's fun. People run. And worked for your MTV and then got a job offer to work on the show The View where I was the personal assistant to all the co-hosts of The View. And- Which,
2: pause, because yeah. how old were you? 20? 22,
1: 23 okay.
2: at I the time. would have been like, this is the dream. How did I make it here? Hearing this, I'm thinking, wow. I would imagine I would be feeling I was on top of the world.
1: I did and I did it. For me, it was like, oh, yeah, this is the natural next step. Because being a very driven person and it was never competitiveness with a lot of other people. It was like, no, I'm going to do this. Like Mm -hmm. I I'm going to leave behind all the people who were bullies growing up, all the people Mm -hmm. who were mean girls, all the people who just didn't give me the credit and just looked at me as the underdog and I'm like this is what I'm going to do next and then as soon as I got that job it was like all right what can we tackle next next?" type of deal which is a later theme in life that I lead to (laughs) I work through now that's my whole decade's worth of work but I got that job at The View and started to be around celebrities who were incredible very you know contrary to what the the media tells Mm -hmm. you this is back at the time where my bosses were um, Barbara Walters, Joy Behar, Elizabeth Hasselbeck, Whoopi Goldberg, and Sherry Shepard and they were they're all brilliant humans who, Mm. despite what you see on TV sometimes, are just genuine and nice. And I got specifically close to Elizabeth Hasselbeck, and she worked out a lot, just the natural workout. And and I would go to classes with her, but I, like, was awful because I was eating my donuts and my coffee and, like, awful. And I started to get the understanding that, okay, you need to work out in order to improve how you look, period. Mm. Because I I'd, I'd spent so much time focusing on my career that I was like, okay, maybe I should spend some time working externally on what I look like, how I carry myself. So then I was like, all right, I'm gonna start running. <laughs> Because I saw everybody else running. I'm like, that's what you do. You start running. But it was
2: the the thought was I'm doing this to change the way I look.
1: Yeah. Okay. Oh, 100%. 100%. I never did have anybody ever tell me like, oh, you're fat or oh, you're I mean, this was the ironic thing. It was not until later in life when I really got into fitness and stuff. Did I ever hear the comments of, oh, you need to maybe lose a little bit more or gain a little bit more, which was very mm. ironic. And I, mm-hmm. I also contribute that to social media being introduced into our lives, but that's another topic for another yeah. day. So I wanna just look better, I wanna feel better. So I started my attempt at running around the reservoir in Central Park, which I could like only w- run 10 seconds and walk 10 seconds. Like Running 10 seconds, I'd get that like old school stitch in your side yeah. where you're just like, dear Lord, I can't breathe, and then I would walk. And then it was actually more than 10 seconds. It would like run 10 seconds, walk a minute run 10 seconds, walk a minute. And then before mm. you know it, a couple months went by and like, I was able to just run for longer. And I ran with my boss's some, and I was like, oh, I really like this. I started to feel an it like an inside transformation happen. Mm. The external transformation was happening. People were like, oh, you're shedding weight. But for me, I was like, wait, no, no, no. Like I feel more confidence in myself internally because being able to tackle these goals than ever had before. So around this time too is when I had boyfriends in New York Boyfriend, longtime boyfriend in New York. We broke up. He's my dog, he's daddy, as I say. He served a very strong purpose because my love of my life dog, that was her dad. He's an incredible guy, but broke up. We were young. That was the story. And <laughs> there's more, but like that's you're the young. story we're going. Yeah. He was we were young. And met um, another guy who I actually get, got engaged to and he lived in Nashville. So At the time, I realized entertainment was my lifelong dream. I'm in this, but yet the fitness world is giving me so much more, so much more out of it. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't just a checkmark job, right? Because, like I said, when I got the View job, Next thing I was thinking about, okay, What's what next? next? What next? For the first time in my life with fitness, I'm like, wait a minute. This is all about me and I feel really good and all that. So jump to me getting engaged to this guy in Nashville. I moved to Nashville. This is 2010. I got to Nashville and I was like, oh my God, what do I do with my life? <laughs> How old were you? 26, 27. Okay. Which? is still young. Yeah. Oh yeah. At the time, you literally think, think you're, that you're the so oldest old. person in the world. And you're like, you I know everything about the world, mm-hmm. my life. Oh my gosh. Anybody who's in their 20s period, just wait to think you have it figured out to at least maybe 35. And even mm-hmm. then you're going to question yourself. I'm like, <laughs> what am I doing
2: every day? <laughs> yes.
1: So That was a big takeaway of like, I got here and I, I remember this moment of exhaling like, whoa, what did I just leave? But I also really was intentional about my decision when I left because I knew there was more to my life than working 24 hours a day for other people's dreams. I knew that. I had gotten to what a lot of people would consider like very successful career in the entertainment industry, very young. And Mm -hmm. I had nothing to show for it other than a job title. I was, you know, booking appointments for everybody else, doing work for everybody else, photo shoots for everybody else. Nothing for me. Yeah. So I got here to Nashville and I was like what do I do? <laughs> I remember specifically I got this job at this office here and I walked in I'm like what just happened? Like why how did how is I, how this did I my get life? here? Yeah. yeah. So I decided to just start working out a lot more. Like I went to Zumba classes, started weightlifting all this stuff. And about a month after I moved here the dream kind of entered my mind about like why don't you go after nfl cheerleading and because you were a dancer i was a dancer i was a dancer and i did have a lot of people that i knew that were the nfl cheer world but i the time i was in the entertainment industry i'm like oh and i was large Mm so I was not you know I wasn't obese mm-hmm. I don't want to say that but I was larger and I was happy I'm not saying that in a bad way
2: you were in a larger body that didn't fit the stereotypical NFL Thank cheerleader correctly
1: correcting yes, yes so, yeah. so yeah so
2: because what I hear you saying is there's this transformative process of I started working out and it was to change my body yep. and then what I realized is yeah I hear a lot of noise people making comments on my body and naturally that's going to feel good, good and we can't really get, we can't take that away and that's not necessarily a bad thing and well, that's another whole topic. Yeah. But also what I felt was there's something being transformed inside of me. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted. I There was a desire for me to do more active, kind things with my body and movement. I remember that I love dance. Why don't I make something of that? Because this yeah. brings me true joy and taking care of other people's lives in the entertainment world isn't fulfilling that. No, But at the same time, now you're like, I don't have the body for people that do that
1: yeah that's the whole issue yeah. that i would love to spend yeah. hours talking about yes. one day
2: but this was 10 years ago right yeah when this nope this the body positivity and body neutrality and all of that was a dark world
1: back then this was still in the age of low-rise jeans <laughs> that tells you <laughs> if that tells you anything yeah. okay yeah. so nobody was
2: trying to make a stand against low-rise jeans okay. yeah, yeah. very
1: fake tans yes. like this was actually this was coming off of that like yeah 2010 was like when we started to shift away if low-rise
2: dreams come back i have to go away somebody like.
1: actually posted this morning that a company is trying to bring them back and i'm like no, no never do not. never doing that and never never again what happened if like i have this itch to do this yeah well i basically got to nashville and mind you i had gone to school here in nashville before so nashville wasn't a foreign city for me mm-hmm. but i had gotten here and was engaged to a guy and i was like all right i guess this is the next season of life and I thought, why not go after this goal? And I also at the time was really getting into training, started training people a little bit on the side, but also found a trainer here in Nashville that I was working with who was phenomenal, is phenomenal. He's still around. He is, is phenomenal. And I just went after this goal and I did it. And I made the team the first year I tried out, which is a very rare situation to happen. Also, as a note, though, the amount of hours I spent physically working out in those six months five months it was mornings wake up would get on the treadmill and just like walk run and do yoga and then evenings i would go strength train it was not a realistic mm-hmm. lifestyle but it was when you are training for a sport mm-hmm. which professional training is 100 percent a sport so i get cheering this is all this stuff great i'm like i'm gonna go full time in the training world i'm gonna start to make that transition happen as anybody who has been in the fitness world knows it's a transition that happens and for those who want to go in the fitness world just know when you decide to go in the fitness world you don't dive in full-time and Mm -hmm. if you do you're usually diving in full-time at a very low pay so i had to because nfl cheerleading is not a full-time job you don't get paid a full salary. You get paid, you do, and you get a lot of great perks, but it's, you do it as yep. your adult hobby. Mm-hmm. And I started, so this would have been 2011 at this point. I was getting into fitness, training some people on the side, and then my wedding broke up a month before it was supposed to happen. And that was a big, that was the biggest blessing that ever happened in my life. Did you feel that at the time? Yes and no. So I moved here, left my entire family entertainment industry world that people would have dreamed about because i was going to get married to this guy and i had definitely my moments of like oh my gosh do i regret this Mm. but then it was also the best thing that ever happened to me because i knew i couldn't get married to him Mm. i knew it was not the right move but looking back now it brought me to Nashville, which was i definitely think that was the right that was supposed to be the the play and play because it's glamorous working in the entertainment industry in new york with these big jobs but you make such little money and new york is a very expensive city to live yeah. in and national these days is yeah that's another topic it was devastating but what was more devastating about my breakup with my fiance was that i knew it needed to happen and i didn't have the guts to do it mm-hmm. and that was a game-changing moment for me of have never let Those big things, those intuition hits inside of you, don't ignore them. Mm -hmm. And as scary as they are, I mean, yeah, when you're talking about a wedding, you're talking about all these people, you know, parents have spent money, people have bought plane tickets, all this stuff. It doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day. Somebody needs to hear that, though. It doesn't matter. Because I will tell you, 100% of the people, all they cared about was that, was i okay yeah because i will tell you people do not want to go to a wedding knowing that like the bride doesn't or the groom doesn't want to they're miserable be there. And yeah that the marriage isn't going to last yeah and so that's all they cared about and for me it was a big game changer thinking i was about to go through with that wedding mm-hmm. and i didn't have the guts to stand up for myself and that was a huge pivotal shift for me and has continued to be ever since then And so it's just law of attraction at its finest. Like a month after that happened, Barry's Bootcamp opened up in Nashville, which to paint the picture of the scene for people who are familiar with with the fitness world now, like these are common household names. But in 2012, Boutique Fitness Studios were really just starting to pop up in places other than New York and LA. Yeah, Yeah. we had two phenomenal, I actually think three. We had Hotbox. We had Hotbox, Crank, and Pure Bar. And so when Barry's opened, there was, you would walk by in the Gulch, which mind you at the time, The Gulch had like half bankrupt buildings in it. They were giving away condos Mm -hmm. for subway dirt. There was a subway. Oh, God, that subway (laughs) smell. Yeah. There was everything and Subway the restaurant. Yeah. Not actual Subway. (laughs) Just as uh, questionable (laughs) smelling. So, and I remember walking by, and the whole front windows of Barry's were covered with all these like fitness models from New York and L.A. And I was like, ah. And somebody was like, "That's that's the boot camp that they showed on the Kardashians," which at yep. the time was the reference point for everything. I think. Mm-hmm. After leaving entertainment, the last thing that ever impressed me was the Kardashians. Still doesn't impress me. <laughs> if you tell me a celebrity does something, I'm like, cool. Cool, great. <laughs> now show me a real person that's right. done it. And I guess yeah. that's kind of been my MO, like yeah. now that I talk it out with my therapist right here on the mm-hmm. chair. Mm-hmm. It's kind of MO for the rest of my, has been for my fitness career. Like I don't care if a celebrity has done a workout and I don't care if it's like who's yeah. who, not to disrespect their talent and who they are, but like show me a real person who has done something. Cause I've been around that celeb world. I know how that works. Mm-hmm. And that's really spoken volumes for the moves I made the rest of my career. So Barry's opens, I go to the group fitness class. Very first weekend it opened, met Antonia, who was the owner, and I was like, this is it. I fell in love with it. And you're a cheerleader, too, at this time. Oh, yeah. So this is my second year cheering. And obviously, like, the accolades of being a cheerleader definitely attracted, helped support my endeavor to try to get jobs when it came to fitness. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's part of the perks with the situation, mm-hmm. but I also, I put in the work. It wasn't like I ever got my jobs because I was a cheerleader or got, you know, yeah. I put in the work to be a fitness instructor. and it just came it came super naturally to me and soon after was offered a role berries and antonio was like i want to start 5am classes will you teach 5am classes and i was like yes mind you i'm not a morning person but i didn't yeah. care and that's a lesson when you're in the fitness industry or wanting to get in the fitness industry like you if an opportunity presents itself Take yes it. yeah yeah if you're trying to start out and you don't have a lot of like i had personal training clients but i didn't have group fitness and if this worldwide brand was like do you want to do this class yes he gets your name yeah. out there Ever, I mentor a lot of trainers to be, and a lot of them, the one thing I tell them is, don't you try to be picky in your first job, Mm -hmm. like because I've had trainers who, in my past, will walk in and they'll say, well, I can't, I want to work these times, and I'm like.
2: Uh, Okay, I got to take a pause because (laughs) I would like to just get my own feelings out because the cycling studio that I used to work at, I had a leadership role in there. And so I helped make the schedule and there was nothing that hurt my heart more than a new instructor who had never taught before, who was given a beautiful opportunity to do something they love who tells me there's two hours in the week that I am right. willing to
1: work. I'm like, and they're 530 at night. Right. I'm classes. like, oh, you want the prime yeah. <laughs> class
2: that this person's been teaching yeah. for five years and you want me to take that away from them and give it to you. And I think that, I mean, uh, there's, probably a lot of reasons that that boils my blood but one it's like there is something about work ethic that is so attractive to me Mm -hmm. like I don't want to be given things just because I demand them or just because like I want to earn them and I wish that more of us had that desire because the work that you put in behind getting that prime spot is what's going to make you a good instructor yeah. because people can feel that energy of like, oh wow, she cares about this that much that she's willing to sacrifice something. And mm-hmm. there's something to be said about like we don't need to like sacrifice our well being and our health. Fair. Yeah. But yeah, I taught five thirty AM classes in Franklin when I lived in Nashville, which is mm. thirty minute drive. Yeah. So I had to get up at like four thirty or four fifteen probably four fifteen yeah. for at least a year. Yeah. And you better believe I made those five thirty morning classes one of my
1: favorite parts of the I day. I they were so fun too. Yeah, knowing you. Yeah. Now would I do that? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> but we that have it's like part five years ago. Your dues. Yeah. it is part of paying your dues. When I started as yeah. a
2: therapist, I would see clients at seven a.m. and seven p.m. Yep, a hundred percent because I wanted that job bad enough that okay, if this is the only time this client can yeah. see me, I'll make it work. Now do I do that? No. But I did it for probably three years. Yeah.
1: That's, yeah, it's a long time to do that. And also, I have the belief as being somebody who's trained a lot of trainers that you should be able to play to a 5 a.m. crowd just like you play to a 5.30 p.m. crowd, just like you play to a 10 a.m. crowd on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That's part of being a good group fitness trainer is being able to put on the quote-unquote show Mm -hmm. no matter what hour of the day it is Mm -hmm. and so when people are like oh i'm tired i'm like let's talk about tired i'll tell you about tired i'll tell you about how i cheered got home from practice at by like 11 midnight and was making playlists because good lord that takes time till 1 2 a.m when we get up at 4 to teach did i choose that yes Mm -hmm. i don't blame on anybody that's the life i chose but like that's part of the process and I went from, when I started the 5AM at Berries, there'd be like two or three people there. By the time I left Berries five years later, she I would have sold out 5AMs. And I built my entire career on 5AMs because what people who are starting the industry fail to realize is that you have some of your most consistent and dedicated clients at 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. in the morning mm-hmm. because they are your people who have are very good with routine, mm-hmm. good with dedication, and a lot of them. That's the only time of day they have to do their workout, and it means a lot to them. It means a lot that this is literally the only hour a day that I have to myself mm-hmm. before my kids wake up, before I have to go work a 12-hour shift at the hospital. Like that's, mm-hmm. I still stand by. Those are some of the most dedicated clients. The ones who come that early in the morning because mm-hmm. they ch- literally chose to get up to be there. Mm-hmm. I built my whole career off of that. And I wouldn't trade that forever. You know, I, I did five, five AMs, Monday through Friday for the first year working at Berries, And then, yeah, that's when you just looking back now, I'm like, whoo, that's. But that's you were
2: wh- 10 years younger. Your body's Girl, a little bit different, that's I guess.
1: Truth. But I think I was 10 years younger. I was hungry for it. And I I just learned so much and I was genuinely so excited about it because when you're really living out your passion, you just feel pure joy yeah. no matter when you do it. Yeah. And like for me to get up. Yeah. Getting up, getting up sex now at 8 a.m. Now with like getting up sex like at 7 a.m. It yeah. doesn't matter what time you get up for me. The first 10 seconds are always like, this is awful. I want to go back to bed. Right.
2: I did not come to your 5 a.m.s. It's okay.
1: <laughs> but I did go to
2: your 6 a.m.s. as early. Yes. Yeah. Hey, guys. Kat here. And I have something very important to talk to you guys about. Now, I know you're used to hearing me talk about therapy and how important it can be for you and how transformative it can be for you in your life. But if you're somebody who's tried therapy and it just hasn't done the trick or you just need a little extra boost, I think... I've found the next best thing. And the next best thing might just be cozy earth and their bamboo sheets and their bamboo pajamas
0: So I
2: went to your 6 a.m.s, And I would rather, I could work out at night, but I just didn't enjoy it. But I didn't work out every single day at Barry's. Mm -hmm. When I would go at 6 a.m., I would go specifically to your class. I appreciate that yeah well and I want to talk about why because we're talking essentially about like hustling and I don't believe in like hustle culture but I do believe that like you have to put hard work in yes you also have to take care of yourself and like you said I was teaching 5 a.m.s Monday through Friday for a year you couldn't do that for 10
1: years I will want to make a note really fast it was after that first year where I was like I cannot do this anymore right Yes. And where I did have a conversation with my boss about how can I grow to not do this anymore? Because part of it is I was just doing it and I was successful at it. There was yeah. nobody forcing me to do that. And it. a lot of times we think that, oh, that's what we have to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you have to pay your dues. But like if, if it's starting to affect your life, speak up and say something and acknowledge that. And I did. Yeah. And like a lot of people are too scared to say something because yes. they don't want to lose their job. And I was like, no, to your point.
2: Yeah, so I just wanted to make that point because it's not like you're doing that currently, but you did do it because it was something- Exact opposite. That's like how interns work for free. Like everybody expects to hand out now. So that is that conversation. But the reason that it came to your class because any gym can be toxic. Any gym, there is an essence of gyms like Berries, where it is what you described of like there's fitness models on the wall. Their instructors are taking their shirts off and like Mm -hmm. showing off their abs and talking about that. Some of the things I heard in not just Berries but just in that era of time in fitness studios was devastating. Yeah, and so specifically went to your class because it was a very much happy. Like, everybody was welcome. You were never going to tell me that I was going too slow. Mm -mm. And if I modified something, you wouldn't ask me to leave, which people do that in certain places like certain instructors that's kind of fitness instructor they want to be I I want to say that's fine but it's not really fine
1: but you it's not fine you were not that
2: and I want to know what got you to be like that because I think part of it's just who you are and part of it is your experience as a human who was walking into this and your experience in the cheerleading world and your own experience with your body and feelings of being judged by other people and I think that there are more people like you in big studios like that, which sex sells. And so everybody wants these pictures and Instagram posts and ads where like everybody's bodies...
1: It's a false reality of what people even pictures that you see companies will always retouch them most companies yeah. will always retouch them when you're when you're talking about that niche that's not into full body acceptance when they're yes. into selling a product because they know people desire for that look mm-hmm. whatever that look may be because
2: well, most people aren't going to that gym to feel good and take care of themselves a lot of it's an image thing and that's a culture thing that's a culture issue yeah I at that point was coming out of an eating disorder where I was working out carefully choosing what workouts I did mm-hmm. because I had to switch my mindset and going to a place like Berries, which was probably shouldn't have been going there, <laughs> but I went to your class it was yeah. helpful. So that was a very long-winded way to say how did you get to be that way and. Walk me through the struggle sure. because I'm a therapist that works with eating disorders and body image and I wasn't always like this. I used to really care about having a flat stomach and right. weighing this amount and being able to do run this fast. It's not how I am anymore, but I learned that the hard way.
1: Well, it's where we place our value at, and our value grows and what we determine valuable as we go through our journeys. And for me, because my journey never came from a place of having a flat stomach, never came from a place of parents being like, all right, we're going to go do family workouts every day. Like Mm -hmm. it it came from a place of, hey, I'm just an individual trying to be my best self. And for me, that was my fitness journey. And it just so happened that I got smaller along the way, but it was never about, for me, the internal shift and the internal dynamic of your journey was way more important than what happened externally. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started teaching. As a good group instructor, you're able to look at each of your clients' faces in a room of 40 plus people. And you can tell just by their face and their demeanor the struggle that they're going through. Mm -hmm. And what I I wish we all understood in general is that we are all struggling for something. Even Mm -hmm. those people who show up and like looking like they have their S-H-I-T together, Mm -hmm. it's they are struggling. And that's when I knew almost from day 1, this journey for me as a teacher was not about going to be like, "All right, who can run the fastest?" because I've never been the fastest runner. "Who can mm-hmm. lift the the strongest weight?" I've never been the strongest lifter. I'm good at those things, but I'm not great. So it was never about that for me because I never put my own self on a podium on a platter. Yeah above anybody else that's not to say you can't value yourself and you can't think highly of yourself but i never put myself greater than anybody else Mm -hmm. and that's the difference between a lot of group fitness instructors and a lot of personal trainers who put themselves on this pedestal and it's rise up to me and it was like no I'm gonna come meet you where you are
2: well that's the issue with like self-esteem and how people get it these days because self-esteem has traditionally been created by outside validation Mm -hmm. and so okay to have self-esteem I have to look like that trainer be as fast as that trainer or be the best in class when like you can have self-esteem from showing up to a class and even just like walking
1: yeah Because I would hear way more comments from people over... My first couple of years at Barry's of like, oh, I'm not fit enough to go to class yet. Oh, that, that ever those comments those com- yeah. get
2: me more than anything else. I'm like, yep. what do you think a gym is for? Right.
1: But the sad reality is, yeah. that's the There's truth the- for a lot of these classes. Mm-hmm. And so for me, setting the tone of, I don't want anybody to come into my class saying, oh my gosh, I'm not fit enough to be in this class. A good trainer should be able to apply what they're teaching to every single person in that class. Mm-hmm. And so you find motivational tools, you find way to program, you find way to pump up people as a general whole but still be able to speak to each individual person with your words yeah. with your motivation and all that stuff that just also organically happened because that's just who I am as a person I don't put people on pedestals yeah I don't think somebody's greater than the other. I think we're all on individual journeys and that's why I've also so I was at Berries for five years also started to know that my time was almost done with Berries because maybe it was the the culture there i still think super highly of the company Mm -hmm. or maybe it was just social media being entered into the game because thank god i started before social media before instagram posts instagram stories were a thing Mm -hmm. i mean instagram like was a thing when i first started but you took a picture of like your new tennis shoes and put like a really heavy filter on them like that was your instagram (laughs) post
2: so many pictures of like (laughs) running shoes on my instagram
1: (laughs) yeah and we're like pictures of my pocket like but like the national filter yeah yeah (laughs) Like, that's, like, that's what Instagram was. And thank God that's what it was when I first started. Because the sad reality is, yes, I was a professional cheerleader and all this stuff. But, like, I've never been a, let me just post all these pictures of me and two pieces around. Like, it's. (laughs) Yeah. And I want to talk about this because I actually talked about
2: this on Amy Brown and Lisa Hames podcast called Outweigh. And it's a podcast that's all about it's on the Amy Brown network. It's all about disordered eating and how a life outside of that outweighs everything else. And we were talking about celebrity diets. Girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And one of the points I made was like, which you kind of touched on this earlier, is it makes no sense for me to follow the training plan and the diet of, let's say, Tom Brady, because he is a professional athlete and that is his job. Now, I'm not saying that whatever he does is good for him and healthy because I don't know really what he does. And he has professionals that are helping him do that.
1: He does incredible things, but he has a team.
2: Yes. Or like Giselle. I know they have some kind of like weird diet that they, not weird, but just probably extreme. She is a, I don't know if she still is, Victoria's Secret model, which is a whole other issue that we're not going to talk about. That is her career and her job. To have a body, her life is revolved around maintaining that. How in the world would that make sense for me to want to aspire to look like either of those people and to do what they do? It just doesn't make sense or like Olympic athletes, I don't need to train like an Olympic athlete because I'm not. The reality is I'm not. I like fitness. Love it. I love being able to like see myself get stronger and all that, but it just doesn't make sense. My job, I'm a therapist. And so I think there becomes a huge, for you, part of your job was being a professional athlete. Mm -hmm. So it is hard because people see you and they're like, Oh, I want to be like aunt Marie. But it's like your job was to be a professional athlete that's not to say everything you were doing was good for you or healthy
1: no that's a whole nother podcast yes (laughs) so that's that's
2: that's that's that thing but i'm doing everything i can to even make it to a 6 a.m workout and then i'm feeling bad about myself because i don't look like the person who is the professional athlete Mm mm-hmm that's not my job and I think that is a huge issue in the fitness world is we compare ourselves to either trainers or just like people that like their world revolves around that I would have to give up so much to create that for myself and I wish that we could just like own that like yeah so and so might have this body and it looks like this but that's because that's their job and look at all the things that I have because of my job Mm-hmm. or my life. We don't see that as much.
1: Well, there's a disconnect <sighs> yeah. that happens with the with the fitness field. Internal work, work versus external work. And people show up wanting to look like their trainer, wanting to look like this athlete or what have you. But they don't realize that you got to do the internal work first. Mm-hmm. You got to fix disordered habits. You got to work on maybe work on creating consistency and habits. Like you got to focus on mm-hmm. those things before you can even start to work on the external work. So yeah, it's yeah. great to work out and all this stuff, but it's move your body every day in some form or fashion, whether yeah. it's walking down the street or whether it's going to a hard, heavy workout. But a lot of these people show up to group fitness, very disordered in their thinking period. Because they think that
2: outside work is going to fix
1: the inside. Yes. Yeah. And I was part of that for a very long time. And not a very long time. I was part of that. And then all of a sudden I tuned back into my initial thoughts of I'm getting into fitness more because it really makes me feel good internally. Yeah, I feel like I have clearer thoughts. I feel like I have more confidence. I feel like I am able to set goals for myself more when I'm, when I'm moving my body. Mm -hmm. And what we're selling is what somebody looks like versus their internal mental health.
2: Yes, and I just started teaching again, cycling at a different studio, and I used to have, I'm sure they'll come up more again, conversations with clients about, and just people in the world. I have never, well, in my eating disorders, maybe. This is also triggering probably to say, but like, quote unquote, the typical trainer fitness instructor body. Never have had that, unless I was in an eating disorder. Active, very active. Same.
1: Yeah. So, okay. So I had to
2: do extreme behaviors to look the part of something that I can do now just fine without those extreme. Actually, probably better. Yeah. And, you know, at first I was like, I want to be, I don't know if you had this, but I was like, I want to be somebody who like shows other people that like, you don't have to look that way to do this thing. That all bodies are welcome. And now I almost like don't even like that saying because I just want it to be normal. I don't want there to be a conversation about like, the thing, like it's so brave of you, or you have so much courage. I'm like, why?
1: Right. I'm just. I'm just my best self. We need to look at individually. Is that person living up to be their best selves? Mm-hmm. I also don't buy into the the culture of literally just like eat whatever shit you want right. to like I don't buy into that fully because it's proven science that there are certain foods that literally can affect you, your brain function can mm-hmm. affect the way you operate so it's I try to take the approach of encouraging everybody to truly tune into what their best self looks like mm-hmm. and a lot of people we don't even know half of what our best self is supposed to look like or feel like yeah because we've never created the space for that to, to happen. figure that out because we're yeah.
2: chasing other people's best yes. selves yeah which I'm so glad you said that because what is the best way for one person to eat and move can be totally different than somebody else somebody might not be able to have these foods over here because they do this to their body that doesn't mean that you can't that just because you can have these things and you you incorporate this movement into your your lifestyle doesn't mean that person has to like it's different for everybody and even if I did do Tom Brady's diet and his workouts I wouldn't end up looking like him. No. Because we're different.
1: I'm five foot four. Yeah. Very very German and Swedish heritage. Like, yeah, we... They make them different than they make Tom Brady. Yes. And he's I don't know done, why that's
2: who I always use well, for that argument. It's a, very,
1: it's a very... He's lived his life very out loud, especially with his success. I mean, you can hate the Patriots, raise his hand over here, but like... Or hate now Buccaneers, but you have to acknowledge that he is an incredible athlete. Yeah. But he has done... A lot of work that which is a whole nother topic that we're not don't have access to as a general public yeah he's done a lot of work that my mother and father who are over 70 and still work their butts off in middle of america never had access to that kind of information or mm-hmm. support that he's given so that's where a lot of the disconnect with that comes from but you know when i i started to see fitness go down to this route where clients would come into my classes and then so I left berries, opened a studio here in Nashville and almost immediately within like I think there was 4 months maybe or 5 months between when I left berries and when the studio opened. It was the middle of 2018 this big shift happened and I started to realize that so like the amount of people that would come in the studio who were so focused on getting that right Instagram post or getting that right what have you this person did did this workout, so I'm going to come in. Like, it seemed to really kind of accelerate full force, 2017, yeah. 2018.
2: Fitness became less of, like, fitness and more of, like, a scene to, that you want to be... Yeah. Make sure that you get yeah. photographed at. The
1: social scene, it was like Nashville itself, itself was going through this explosion of mm-hmm. every person would come for the weekend and have a really fun bachelorette party and be like, I want to move there. And so we had all these people mm-hmm. moving here, and I just... That studio opened, and literally, I was like, Well, this is, I know, like, I can't, <laughs> this is not the type of fitness industry that I feel comfortable operating in and I feel comfortable being a part of. Yeah. And this is why I believe in the universe and God, and everything happens for a reason. Soon thereafter, found out I was pregnant with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And, That was the only thing that it could have gotten me away from the fitness world. And that's why like things enter your life when they're supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. And from the boutique fitness group, fitness world, that is that got Mm -hmm. me away from it and had my daughter and then decided a year later that I needed to move on because I, especially now having a female to raise, I am so hyper aware of the environment that I put myself in and that that. I bring her around. Yeah. And it's even interesting so now I'm I'm training fully on this virtual training basis for the Legree fitness method but also I do have some in-person clients and I'm grateful that I'm 10 years into this and I can be very selective yeah. with the people I choose to bring in person because I bring those people around who desire the same things I do and are on the same page mentally and are willing to work on their mental health in order to get their physical health. But I'm even now starting to get connected with other trainers across the country again because in the virtual space now, you can appeal to people all over the country, mm-hmm. which I think are all over the world actually, I think is a beautiful thing about the virtual space. And I've met some really awesome people, but I will tell you, I've gotten close with some of these trainers and they've been having discussions (laughs) all week about how this person didn't repost that or didn't repost this. And I'm like putting on the brakes big time because I'm like, you guys, we can't as trainers keep seeking external validation from other people. And then our clients are seeking validation from us. It's like this cyclical wheel that never stops. It's like, we have to be so strong and keep focused and stay the course on the product that we have and on our beliefs as trainers trainers are our healthy thoughts as trainers and it's law of attraction the right people who are meant to come into your life will Mm -hmm. you will attract the clients you want to attract based on just being your true authentic self and not worrying about this two-piece I'm wearing not worrying about somebody reposted this not worrying about Mm -hmm. oh my god my post only got so many likes I read the most brilliant thing the other day And it was like, just because somebody doesn't like your post doesn't mean they're not watching. Oh, I just got chill bumps in my body. And that is what I swear. Like 100% of the time, people will like my posts about my daughter way more than my fitness posts. And I love that because I love my daughter and she's awesome. And I love that people are paying more attention to like family stuff (laughs) rather than this fitness stuff. And I don't care, but I know 100% that people are also watching just because they don't like to... Do a like. And that's why we've established a world based on likes. And I'm like, people are watching no matter what you're doing. Yeah, They are watching. They are yeah. watching. And so when you put your value into only these many followers or only these many likes or only these many reshares, it doesn't matter.
2: Mm-hmm. People are
1: watching. Period.
2: I'm so glad you said that.
1: Thank you, because it's work that I'm doing right now. Yeah. Being in a virtual space it's definitely, like, I know it's the work I need to be in because I despise social media so much, but also <laughs> love it at the same time. And I know it's not going anywhere. It might yeah. sh- it might shift into different forms, but it's not going anywhere. It's the it's the part of businesses now. Like, you need to have some kind of presence, for the most part, to help get your word out there, especially when I'm a national trying to business- build a business worldwide. So, I like, I know this is the self-work I need to do right now, how to have a healthy relationship with social media. It's possible. Yeah. I don't believe in going to extremes of shutting yourself off social media forever i don't believe in extremes of removing cookies from your diet forever like mm-hmm. you have to develop a healthy relationship and that looks different for everybody but for me it's being on social media and not judging myself by likes or by how many followers i have which because, is hard oh so, it's a hundred percent hard especially when some of my best friends have these like hundred thousands of followers yeah. and i'm like listen you and i sit in our pjs the same amount of time together, right. looking rough together like i know but i people are watching Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm trying to get across these trainers right now. It's like, don't worry about all that stuff where your focus goes, energy flows. And so if you spend all your time focusing on Mm -hmm. lack, what I'm lacking, I'm lacking followers. I'm lacking clients in this class. If you literally keep spending your time focusing on the lack, you're never going to attract what you need
2: rather than yeah. focusing on what you do have, because what the more, yeah. I mean, that's so important in any aspect of life. I can relate it to like my job as a therapist. It took me a couple of years to build a practice that I yes. felt stable in, but if I were to spend all day long worried about how many open slots I had, what well, I don't know what would happen, but I just poured into the consistent clients I did have. My business works by word of mouth.
1: Yes, at the end of the day, that works yeah. for fitness world too.
2: Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, you might have two people come into your class you did at 5am but you give those two people everything you have and you treat them like they are special and you treat them that like you would you're here because they showed up at Mm 5am they're going to tell people about it Yep. Like that's how it works.
1: That's how I've built my my business yeah. over time. And and so that's why creating this new space where a lot of people don't know me, you go from a market where everybody knows you mm-hmm. to now a worldwide market where you're like, where literally you were judged based on how you look first impressions. And I'm like, hey, guess what? My superpower is actually, you know, not that I look... I mean, I look fine in a two-piece, whatever. And so I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying like anything against that. I'm not trying to search for compliments in that way. But I'm saying I don't pride myself in me putting together the fanciest workout outfit or something because I know my energy and attention go to the fact that I can channel and I can.
2: You're amazing at what you do. Teach
1: yeah. that resonates with a whole demograph, a whole different demographics of people. It's not just mm-hmm. one group of people. Yeah, and so that's. That's what you got to focus on. Like we talked about before, that's I stress trainer superpowers. Like we all have mm-hmm. we all have gifts. We wouldn't be in this business if we didn't have gifts. So mm-hmm. focus on your gifts and everything else will follow.
2: That's actually a good place to even like round this out, yeah. because what I love about you is that you are not following the status quo of fitness in Nashville slash America
1: like running away from it (laughs) yes exactly and you were (laughs) here
2: before it all started you were in that space and you had every opportunity to shift with that and who knows what your life would look like if you would have done that I'm sure if you taught at Barry, still your classes would sell out and have 50 people waiting lists like I'm sure they would but there is something in you that was more important than looking like the the coolest most successful instructor at the coolest gym in the studio Mm -hmm. there is heart behind it and I wanted you to even come on here just because I see that. That's what we need. We need people in our, in every aspect. It's not just fitness. We need people in every aspect of life who are willing to go against what everybody else is doing that we all also know is killing us yeah yeah. but we all still do it and so I just think that this you're a beautiful picture of that and owning your truth now thank you we do need to have you back to talk about there's
1: there there, I I do want to acknowledge there are very there's a lot of layers to the process and there's a lot of layers of me being on, on medications that I definitely needed that you know affect the process there's there's layers of eating disorder in there that I've overcome and all that but it's to your point I've made a lot of necessary shifts on my own like I look I had to do this when quarantine first started and the world shut down and I was like uh what am I doing with my life I'm sure along with other 7 Mm -hmm. billion people in this world we're like what happens Mm -hmm. next and I had this assessment of my life that I want to share really fast because I feel like it's important that every major job that I've had in life or I've left on my own terms because I knew I wasn't living my full truth and able to live into my best self. And so when I when I look back at my life, I could easily look back at like, oh I had that job. Oh I had this, like, why did I leave all that stuff? Like it's so easy to look at mm-hmm. oh these easy, not easy job, but are these really incredible jobs you've had in the past. I always have to connect with what my why, like why I left those jobs. And they've always aligned with me, never staying with the like what was was cool or popular it was always when i started to see a dynamic shift happen and for me to know that i didn't align with those anymore Mm -hmm. and that i couldn't stay with something it's almost like a curse i have yeah i can't stay with something when it looks to be so popular in the fad because i'm like this is not living my full truth out or not because when you're just
2: doing the popular cool trendy thing you have to sacrifice there yeah and that's not worth it to you. Yeah, not to say that some people's true selves are the popular, cool, trendy thing. I'm lot not of,
1: that. There's a lot of really incredible instructors who teach, and they are able to do the cool, popular thing. They are able to do that. But especially, I had to adjust in a market like Nashville. You also have to know your market. In a market like Nashville, which is a much smaller market, it's. I just I needed to get out because I knew that what I felt about health and fitness is very deep. It's on a very deep internal level and surface mm-hmm. is the last thing and it and it's starting to flip and surface is very much the first thing these days. So mm-hmm. I needed to shift and I need to now be a stand in this, this new space that I'm in to keep that same type of vibe going and not play into, let me try to play with all these fancy Instagram posts and let me try to just be fake mm-hmm. nice to all these people on in- Instagram just to get them to follow. Mm-hmm. Like keep staying the course. Law of attraction is a thing.
2: Okay, so I think that's going to wrap up yeah. Today, clearly we are having you back. No. I'm not gonna delete I will talk one, to you
1: for as uh, long hours, as you wanna yeah. talk.
2: But thank you so much. And thank, thank, you. thank you for saying all the things that you said. I think this is gonna hit a lot of people.
1: And thank you for being an instructor who thank aligns with these type type of principles too thank you and keep inspiring others because it's a domino effect
2: yeah well that is it for us today i will talk to you guys on couch talks on wednesday but if you have any questions for Anne marie or you're like wait a second I want what she has. What is she doing? How do I reach her? How do they find you?
1: On Instagram, I'm at Fit City Pearl. So F-I-T-C-I-T-Y-P-A-R-L. And um, I'm also at Fit City World, which is a, my whole brand. That's another <laughs> dynamic to it. Or FitCityWorld.com. Okay. You're guaranteed pictures of my dogs and, and my beautiful baby, baby and me. How do people find your workouts? Just on FitCityWorld.com. Okay. okay. Which are soon expanding to be other than Legree workouts. No but, way. Yeah. Okay. That's but great
2: news for breaking news. That's yeah. actually <laughs> great news for everybody. Yeah.
1: Cause it's, it's, it's time.
2: Yeah. All right. Well go follow her. She's awesome just to like see her child and her animals and also her other content is great too. But like, if you just want some happiness in your feed,
1: people are there for the dogs and yes. the baby. And I don't, <laughs> I don't mind it. They're like, whatever. I don't mind it. All right. Bye guys. Bye.
0: Right Rug Flooring.